I'm Jamie DiPolo, Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. Our podcast guest today is Stephanie McLeod Estevez, a licensed clinical professional counselor and art therapist with 15 years of clinical experience in treating anxiety, depression, and trauma. Stephanie also is a breast cancer survivor. She started her company, Creative Transformations, in 2016 to provide information, tools, and services to people diagnosed with cancer to enhance their emotional health and wellness. Her writing has been published in Wildfire, Coping with Cancer, and Breast Cancer Wellness. Today, Stephanie joins us to talk about art therapy and how people diagnosed with cancer can use it to heal emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. I'm so excited to be here today. So to start, because our audience is primarily people who've been diagnosed with breast cancer or are um, caring for someone with breast cancer, could you talk a little bit about your own breast cancer journey? Um, Just tell us briefly about your diagnosis and treatment. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. So I've actually been in both the uh, patient role as well as the caregiver. Um, But uh, so I'll start with the caregiving role because that was first for me. I have one of those cancers you know, families through which, you know, cancer is quite prolific. And so my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 19 and it returned when I was 25. And so when it became metastatic, I was one of her primary caregivers. And um, that really altered the course of my life, I believe. You know, it's actually what led me to become an art therapist. And um, in between those two diagnoses. I didn't necessarily recall it until after my own diagnosis, but she would speak about the fear that she had about cancer returning, which kind of surprised me because as someone not going through the illness, I didn't realize the emotional toll that it had taken on her. And so 14 years after she passed away, I um, had a dream that I had breast cancer, and that is actually how I found my lump. And, um, it was from there, you know, you do the, go see your doctor, you go through the mammogram that turns into the ultrasound that turns into a biopsy. So the summer I turned 40, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Um, and by the time that that was all diagnosed, it actually was stage three a, so it had traveled into my lymph nodes. And, um, so my treatment progression was to do neoadjuvant chemo first, uh, which I was really grateful for because it was helpful to see how the tumor responded to the treatment. And then I did a bilateral mastectomy followed by radiation um, reconstruction and then an oophorectomy because I do carry the BRCA2 gene mutation. Oh, so you did have genetic testing at some point. I did during, I had, it had been recommended when I was 30 um, and I declined at the time. And I'm kind of grateful that I did because I'm not sure that I would have, I was still pretty deep in my grief at that point, And I'm not sure that I would have chosen to become a mom um, had I known And while, of course, I would have loved to have spared my children the experience of me going through cancer, I also, now that I'm enough years out from healing, I also recognize I'm not disappointed that my mom had me. Like, I don't begrudge her, um, you know. So 
anyway, so it, it's interesting, I guess, the way your your life can unfold. Oh, absolutely. And you talked about your mom's diagnosis sort of yes. leading you to become an art therapist. Were yes. you already in school to become a a therapist when she so, was di- when, or not when she was diagnosed but when she was diagnosed metastatic yeah so I wasn't in fact it was kind of funny because she was the therapist right and I oh, was wow. the social worker who was more of an activist mindset um and so I never thought that I would necessarily become a therapist although I I do think I've long been concerned about the well-being of others, you know, even from a little child, I have early memories of that. So it wasn't necessarily my intention, but after she died and, you know, the grief was so heavy and then I actually started working in domestic violence and kind of realized the different ways that grief can pop up in your life that isn't always death and how grief often can get people stuck and maybe even, you know, continue them to go back into situations that were dangerous. So I said, okay, I really want to find a healthier way to process grief. And so, um, so it certainly stimulated me going into art therapy. And then again, like I had long as a kid, I always like illustrated my thoughts. So in many regards, it was kind of, I think, destined to be. Interesting. Yeah. And and so you were a counselor before you started your company, Creative Transformations, correct? Yes. And in that, in your counseling life practice, did you always use art as as a tool? It was always on offer. And even with creative transformations, while that is my specialization and that is my niche and my like unique offering to people, um, I've always, you know, done the work based on my clients' needs. So, um, but I do find that um, while some of my clients, non-cancer clients, some of them are more interested than others. Um, but a lot of my cancer clients actually are very interested in it and find it to be immensely helpful um, in their healing process in ways that they would have never anticipated. Um, so, so yeah, so I've always had it on offer and now I just find uh, myself using it more and more because it is such a unique and powerful tool. Uh, so just in case anyone doesn't know, can yes. you walk us through, you know, how art therapy works? What's the process? Um, of course. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So I kind of like to think of art therapy, um, you know, really. So first and foremost, at the heart of any healing process from some significant life altering experience like cancer is this identity work, right? Like it's, um, cancer is more than just a medical problem. It affects how you relate to your body, how you relate to your mind, to your emotions, to your spirit. And it certainly dominates your identity for a while. And I think for a lot of people, while they want to see significance come want to make meaning from any significant life experience they don't want it to dominate the narrative um you know like everybody who's been diagnosed with cancer also has many other hats that they wear 
And yet cancer has such deep impact on your psyche you know, you need a you need a, a thoughtful way, I think, to retell that story and kind of neutralize the triggers that come with something traumatic. And so art is this really unique way of tapping in, leaning into something that's painful in a supported, nurturing, curious way. And so it allows you to both express what has happened by expressing something and translating your internal to external, you begin to self-validate and that allows you to begin to release and let go and process what's happened. Um, So when I'm sitting down with someone, we might choose what I call like a jumping off point, like what's something about your story like for example the day you were diagnosed let's tell that story through color i in terms of like what colors match that experience shape which might be abstract drawing or it could be specific images that you want to work with and then form so i use visual arts but you can use any art form really to tell the story. Oh, that was actually going to be my next question. Yeah. Can can you use any medium? And it sounds like you can. So if somebody were drawn to, I don't know, say photography or something, they they could bring in images that way. Is that? Absolutely. Yeah. Photography, like collage can be really powerful. I often combine art making with uh, reflective writing. Um, Poetry often spontaneously erupts from people's um, pieces. Uh, I've seen people do incredible stuff, like dramatically, you know, telling their story. So there, you know, really um, almost anything can transform um, your story. Uh, you know, almost any creative medium can do that for you. And that's that's really good to know because I was thinking I am not particularly artistically talented myself, right. so I might feel a little intimidated mm-hmm. by having to create something. But the idea that I could perhaps use images from magazines or yes. other things that I see to sort of tell my story—that's very helpful. It's almost like it's a it's an extra support that somebody who doesn't feel so talented could use. Yes. And that piece around talent, though, is is an important one to bring up because you actually don't need any particular art skill or talent to use even the parts of art that might scare you the most effectively, (laughs) you know, and part of what I tell people is like, you know, we're not actually looking to create something you're hanging in the museum. Um, And sometimes we need to work through whatever that baggage was, you know, like each person is born with their own unique form of creativity. And unfortunately, sometimes that gets um, criticized or judged out. And so people often need, are in part doing the work that I'm asking them to do while simultaneously healing that relationship with their own unique creative wisdom. And our creative wisdom is also uh, an aspect of your own inner healer. And so, like, for example, last week I led um, 
a workshop on scanxiety and how to use art to do that. And many people in the room were nervous about how they were going to do. And so part of that is a conversation and supporting them through it. But when I'm guiding someone, I'm giving you explicit um, like guided meditations. And then I help people tease out the the details, you know. And so you'd be surprised like with just a little bit of support and encouragement and guidance they figure it out and it's a it's such an incredible thing to watch um and it feels like sometimes almost like spontaneous healing because something emerges they weren't expecting that and it's sort of like that because it's often a grief process that grief process is like almost you know, popped and there's a release and relief afterwards. So while sometimes people are like, oh my God, I'm going to feel awful if I lean into the experience, the actually the opposite is true. Like it is normal to want to avoid talking, thinking, re-experiencing something painful. But in fact, our our bodies and our minds and our psyches hold on to that material and keep kind of throwing it at us until we've given it airtime. And so I've never had anybody walk away feeling worse. They've oh. always walked away feeling better. That's great. And not yeah. to be gross, but it's almost yes. like lancing a blister or something. Yes. You have to kind of get all the gunk out and then it can start yes. to heal. And Exactly. And because the other piece is that, you know, a lot of when something is traumatic like you don't have all of that just in your consciousness your full experience right like you compartmentalize things to survive going through cancer treatment and so a lot of times people will come to me and they'll say I don't know why I don't feel happier um, I don't know why this is still bothering me and often um, it's because they can't, even if they wanted to tell this story, they can't follow that um, narrative completely using words alone. And so, um, like, I remember this one woman who we were doing um, a healing the body session. And so I'd given her some questions to reflect upon prior to are working together and she came in and she shared her responses and again I, I find I help people find that jumping off point and through the drawing of she was kind of laughing but she's like I call my breast cancer breast um, Franken boob because she had a lumpectomy <laughs> right and she's like so it doesn't look the same as the other one and and you know she had a nice sense of humor about it um, but what she realized was that as she drew the missing tissue, the tissue that had been uh, removed, she's like, I, that being, having that part of my body removed and I don't even get to like see it again or even like in some respects give it a proper burial was this huge, she's like, I had no idea that was part of my grief. And, um, so the next time we saw each other, she's like, oh my, you know, she just felt so much better than when she initially walked through the door. And we worked together 
I think we were able to get a total of three sessions in. So, you know, even in that little bit of intervention, she gained a huge amount of um, solace. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And you talked a little bit uh, about the benefits of art therapy, but could you yes. kind of, if possible, you know, if you could kind of list them out and then also, are there any risks? I mean, I, as a non-professional, can't yeah. really imagine that there would be because it right. seems so healing. But uh, but yes. if there are, uh, if you could talk about both uh, benefits and risks. Absolutely. I think that, you know, um, one of the benefits is that you... Uh, okay, so a lot of people often feel like this layer of confusion. And so one of the benefits of art therapy is that through the retelling of your experience, you do get more clarity and you do begin to make those connections in your mind so that your your ability to communicate more clearly, both with yourself and others, is improved. At the same time, I guess one of the risks is that you will likely be feeling your feelings more. And um, so in my mind, that is one reason why it's important to work with someone who's trained in using art as therapy, because that person can help you um, break down the experience small enough so that you feel prepared to manage those feelings and support it and then have tools for when the feelings resurface again. Okay. And I think one of the benefits, the other benefit of art therapy is that again, cancer, emotionally healing from cancer is not a one and done kind of deal. You know, it takes time. It often surfaces at the most inconvenient times. So like it can be the middle of the night where you wake up and you can't get away from those thoughts or those fears um, or you're, you know, trying to keep it together for your children or, you know, so art therapy, once you learn how to use it, it can become a lifelong practice. Like that journal can always be there for you. And, um, so I don't know that there's too many things in life that you can call on with such sense of reliability. Um, and, then, and the reason why it's such a reliable tool is that ultimately what you're doing is rebuilding a very strong connection with yourself. And so as you learn to use art to mirror what's happening inside, you begin to create confidence in your ability to be resilient in the face of whatever life, cancer throws your way. So it's a tool that you can keep using. Exactly. Like it's always my goal with clients that come to me that they ultimately gain the skills they need so that as much as I enjoy working with them, they don't have to work with me indefinitely, you know, because the the cancer healing journey is going to take a long time. I would say on average, I mean, there's been research is being done to demonstrate the link between, you know, um, post-traumatic stress and cancer. And so, um, so, you know, if you get you know, some sort of intervention within the first year, you're able to move through that 
process more quickly. Um, but anyway, so I mean, like, you know, people's, you know, cancer concerns can go on indefinitely. Um, and so knowing that, okay, I don't have to have an indefinite relationship with a therapist in order to heal myself is really important. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, just from people I've spoken with, yes. once you've been diagnosed, the anxiety is real oh, because that goes yes. on forever. Right. There's always a potential that a scan might find something. And, and actually, that's a good, that's a valid point in terms of, you know, thinking about the changes in the brain, right? So in my mind, scanxiety is kind of like, you know, returning to the scene of a crime, right? You know, it was the scan that got you. It wasn't really responsible for causing the cancer, of course, but it's the tool that was used to diagnose the moment that everything else changed, the moment you faced your mortality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so part of the reason why there are triggers is that the, the, the part of our brain that's responsible for protecting us is um, both a wonderful tool when you need to, you know, fight or flee, you want that part of your brain working, but it's also the least sophisticated part of our, our brain. It's the amygdala. And so the amygdala is going to make meaning from um, different sensory pieces that aren't always really related to uh, what's happened. Like, for example, if you are rear-ended by a yellow truck, the amygdala is going to say on some level, all yellow trucks are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. And we know that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So think about, you know, when you go through cancer diagnosis and treatment, think about all the the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feel, you know, things you can touch that are associated with that um, experience, your brain is literally on some level coding that as part of the problem. Okay. So what art can do is find a way, it really helps to neutralize some of that sensory info so that you don't necessarily walk around feeling startled all the time. Um, And so it it really is a very positive tool for managing um, post-treatment distress or ongoing treatment distress like scanxiety. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted to try art therapy after listening to this, they thought it sounded like it might be helpful for them. What are the steps that they might go through? Um, how does how do they how would a person find a, an art therapist to work with? Because it sounds like, in your opinion, that's the best way to start and yes. then move forward. Yes. So I do work with people both in person and virtually. So I can always be on that list of potential resources. Some of the things that I do are writing my hashtag Therapy Thursday blog, and there are times that I'm giving explicit information on how to begin practicing some with art therapy. Um, I also do virtual workshops and um, I have a private Facebook group called Creating Connections with Creative Transformations. And that's a place where people can come in and learn more about art therapy and how it helps. Um, But 
often, if you really prefer that in-person connection, I highly recommend, you know, so many um, art therapists are drawn to working with the cancer community. So um, I would talk to your nurse navigator to see if they know of anybody in the area who is both an art therapist as well as well-versed in cancer. You know, a lot of cancer community orgs will know of people um, but you can do things like Psychology Today, click on art therapy and look for someone in the area. I mean, it does help if the person, the therapist you're working with understands cancer or serious medical issues. But that is, you know, even if they're not as well versed in that, they will know how to use art in an appropriate therapeutic manner. Okay. And then do, do, is art therapy starting to be more common at cancer treatment centers? Is that something that might be offered? There's a very good chance. Like I definitely feel like, you know, the more I'm out there and getting to know people, yes, there are ways that you can um, begin there. Like I want, I really want to do someday a project where I get to work directly in the chemo treatment room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, so yeah, so I think it's become, um, more familiar to people and hopefully, and there are definitely some therapists who aren't art therapists, but they've had enough experience that they know how to use it. Like I've met, met some wonderful social workers who really understand the language of art. So I wouldn't rule them out either. Um, but, you know, I had two years focusing on how to use art therapeutically in my training, and then I've continued to learn and grow um, in my career. So, Stephanie, thank you so much. This has been really wonderful and informative. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to have this opportunity to speak with everyone today. And I want to just share one final um, a quote that I read this morning I thought really sort of apply to our topic today. Um, it said, owning your story is the bravest thing you will ever do. And that's a Brene Brown quote. And I was like, wow, that's so appropriate because art really is a form of storytelling and part of the healing process is telling your story. So that's yeah. great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.